Okay, you guys, let's do this. It's gonna be so professional. Okay. Like, so professional. Here we go. Welcome to the Live Support Podcast with your host, Michelle Van Dusen and June Colson, a couple of clean comedians who support each other and others through comedy's wacky and winding roads. I hope you're ready. Get set. Let's go. Since podcasts have a catchy tune, we wrote this song for Michelle and June. Clean comedians are best friends too. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and you never know what they'll say or do. Here we go, sing with me. I'm gonna support, or port, with Michelle, who's really short. We'll have a ball, 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 with June, who's really tall. They have fun, 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 interviewing comedians. I'm gonna support, or port, with Michelle, who's really short. Support podcast brought to you by the Hot Breath Comedy Network. Wow. <laughs> okay, we are 30 something <laughs> episodes into season two with that theme song, and it still hasn't gotten old to me. Like, it has like that little the Hot twirl. Breath Comedy Network. network. Welcome to the Laugh Support Podcast, clearly on the Hot Breath Comedy Network, the award-winning podcast. I'm your host, June Colson, here with Michelle with one L, Trisha's sister, don't call me Shelly, Rhonda Corey's <laughs> friend, Michelle Van Dusen. What's up, Buttercup? What up? Um, I'm I'm really thankful that you didn't say uh, Mr. Fox's owner, because uh, I'm not. <laughs> oh, I'm his babysitter right now. Just can't. Yes, Mr. Fox's mother, really. You are the mom to that cat, Michelle. We can't even, nah. I can't deal with it. I can't deal with it anymore. It's, I mean, how many episodes are we in? We've, we've seen the love that you have for that kitty cat. So don't even, don't even. You mean there, there. <laughs> It looks, it looks like Mr. Fox's roadkill at this point. Like for a second, it made my heart skip a beat. Like it's a squish cat, Mr. Fox. So Michelle's showing off her gift that I got her for her birthday, which is a uh, Mr. Fox cat towel that I hope stays with her forever, even if Mr. Fox eventually goes to college. So Van Dusen, today yes. we have an amazing guest. And before, before we um, bring him on, we were talking about creative minds we were talking yeah. about how we cannot watch stuff mm -hmm. with just a, like um without something in the back of the mind right and i don't want to say critical but we can be pretty critical people especially like in comedy you know we talk about how i never laugh i don't laugh you in never comedy. you never laugh out loud in comedy at a comedy okay show. i do if you are the worst front rower person ever you I do know not laugh you go I make myself laugh if I'm front row and it's my friends mm -hmm. and I know the joke. I try to lead the laugh in the room, but I have to make myself do that. Like I sit in the back and I watch and I listen and I'm that person who instead of laughing, I'm like, oh, that was brilliant. Oh, that was really good. You know, where really a comic doesn't want that. They just want, they want mm -hmm. you to laugh. But when I do actually laugh, is mm -hmm. if someone is flaming out, <laughs> like if they yeah. are just crash and burn rules. june's like Whoa! that's why you married a my, fireman only if it's, yes only if it's my <laughs> friends though like because my friends will do the same for me right you would do the same if i am crashing and burning and you know i'm just i'm just plowing through and rolling uh, you june, are mentally no you are I, I, it. yes you will no i have never seen you 
crash and burn on stage yet. Mm. So give me an opportunity to see that happen and then we'll find out what I do. I don't know. I, I yeah, right. I'm, I, I well, haven't you've seen heard, it. You've heard my epic bombing story. You would have, you would have fallen out of your seat when I got ready to leave that show where I I only had five minutes and there was an elderly woman in the front row who said, June Marie. And I said, <laughs> how do you know my middle name? And she said, that's my sister. And she nodded her head and I thought it was the woman beside her. And I go, oh, your name's June Marie. And she replied, June Marie is dead. <laughs> and I had to just leave and get out of it. You would have lost it laughing. If you had that's, been there, that's in not that that's not crash and burning. That oh. is taking what's happening in the room and using it. No, I that's was not hilarious. I <laughs> was not. Dead. As soon as she said that, I said thank you very much, and I left because that was right before they went. Wait a minute, that's not who we hired to be here because the person who was supposed <laughs> to be there didn't show up. I only had five minutes of material, and oh. then I heard, and then I heard somebody go, "How much did you pay for entertainment?" <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. But it was just a June bug and Jesus moment though, because literally like the only way to survive it was I had to go, Lord, you brought me here. Whatever happens, man, oh. this is, this is, I guess what you wanted to happen. And I ran I, far, far away. <laughs> well, see, I, I did a show at a retirement community center type of a thing. Um, or a nursing home. I don't know. It was, it's a, it was a little more advanced than retirement center. And one of the ladies in the front, you know, cause no one talks quiet children and old people don't know oh, how yeah. to whisper. Yeah, they don't yeah. know how to whisper. So no whisper, no filter. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so she leans, she, she looks at her friend. When's the magician going to be on? <laughs> this isn't a magician. She's not doing any tricks. She just keeps talking. When's the magician? <laughs> and this, oh, see, I would laugh at that. I would have died laughing at that. And and it was it was one of the worst um, shows, if I could even say show. I got that in, in air quotes uh, I've ever done. Second worst, um, because right before the whole thing started there was um, a funeral, a memorial service for somebody and mm. they ran late. And so I get there and they're like, oh, hang on. We got to change the room around. All they did was remove his American flag because he was in the military, right? So they moved, they moved all his honors over to the side table. Oh, yeah. And then said, okay, go ahead. Yeah. He didn't leave fun. the room. Yeah. It was still, the, it was like, oh, and when's the magician coming? Oh, okay. So do you have it in your writer now that you will no longer follow funerals? <laughs> like, uh, like, no, that's I need, I need to. Oh, well, see the, the, the other show that was really bad while I'm performing and it was a Christmas dinner kind of a thing for a church staff. Yes. The pastor and his whole family, they get up and leave. Like, they get up and leave and you could just feel the whole room just kind of go, and, you know, just it, it all shut down. And so I'm trying, I'm trying to get, and I don't know what's happening. Well, apparently the, the pastor's wife's, uh, her, her father died. Everyone mm, in that room knew it knew. except me. Yes. They were waiting for the phone call. So they got the phone call and then they just left. I had no idea, no idea. No. So it was just like, 
if you would have told me ahead of time, it would have changed. Uh, it probably wouldn't have changed anything, but it's still, oh. It well, was... but that's also, also dependent on when you were in your career and that, you know, someone who's been doing comedy for a long time, you, you go, oh, okay, I got to address what's going on. I got to find out what's happening and, and those kind of things, yeah. which is what we were talking about before is yes. like, if yes. you're watching another comic and, and, and something's going wrong, it, it is that like, um, is it Monday morning, Monday morning quarterback or coaching or whatever, where like, you're like, oh, if that was me, wow. I would have, I would have, I would have, or, or you notice the flaws or if the person keeps saying anyway, joke joke anyway whatever oh. <laughs> like stop it stop saying anyway <laughs> like oh it makes it more difficult to just enjoy entertainment and listen it's not going to be in difficult to enjoy the entertainment today because we no. have an amazing guests but i want to talk to him about like can he enjoy anything because he does everything and i'm sure he that does. he has an eye he's he's just gonna he's gonna be a master of it all i'm sure but anyway but that, would have to be, that would be really difficult yeah so anyway michelle tell anyway. us about our amazing guest today okay so our guest today is a clean comedian an actor a writer a singer a filmmaker a director a motivational speaker he's based out of pontiac michigan Unfortunately, uh, he was paralyzed from the mid chest down in a near fatal car accident in uh, 2011. Now, being a man of faith, he began defeating all the odds and he married his fiance in the hospital and he wow. gained an unbelievable strength and he returned back to what he loved. So now he's like currently residing in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, he's doing films and the commercials and the speaking and, and he's a disability advocacy. Let's welcome to the Laugh Support Podcast, Vincent Rutley. Woo, 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 woo. He's here. He's here. Oh, Vincent. Oh, look at Michelle. Look at Michelle, Vincent. She's got the bling. She's wrapping it all. Okay, so for Let's our listeners, go. Vincent is rocking an awesome gold chain. And Michelle went out of her way to go... Maybe something she stole from her great 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 grandmother. Uh, she's this is my mother's, but this one, this one's oh. mine. Oh, now it's a competition. She's got the three loops around her neck, Vincent. I don't know how. I don't know how you. See, I didn't know we was rocking like that. I didn't know we was doing all that. You know what I mean? Oh my goodness. Well, Vincent, <laughs> welcome to the Laugh Support Podcast. We're so glad Thank you're you, here. So we were chit chatting. <laughs> That list of all of these things that you do, you sing, you write, comedy, acting. Can you enjoy anything when you're watching it? Anything June, at all? June, Michelle, it's like a blessing and a curse at the same time. Yes. Like, mm. And I think I think the, the hardest part is that I've evolved as a creator. I've evolved as a writer. Like, the way I wrote when I first started writing, I don't write that way anymore. You know, I don't, mm. I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't stay safe is what I'm saying. I kind of mm. go there and put it all out there. So I'm watching stuff, no matter if it's, you know, I don't watch horror films, but no matter if it's action or if it's drama or comedy, it's like, I'm, I'm trying my best to just enjoy it. Yeah. But it don't really work that way. And I've just accepted the fact that it's like, yo, look, I'm going to nitpick it. I'm going to pull it apart. I'm going, and it's good for me as a writer, as a creator. It, it makes me stronger. Like, wow, I would have 
I like that, but I would have went this way. You know, you know, why did they do that? Everything has to be intentional. Everything has to be intentional. I, I just partnered up with an amazing writer here in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, he's written for Hollywood for some years, and now he's doing some individual, like some some passion projects. Yeah. And when we first met, he was like, hey, man, you know, I love what you do. I love what you represent. I got a couple of scripts I want you to read. I want you to be a part of them. Give me your honest opinion. And I was like, don't ask me that. Yeah, yeah. Unless you really want my honest opinion. And I, I ripped them apart. I ripped the scripts apart, not trying to be rude or trying to be extra. It yeah. was just my, my honest opinion. He said, nobody has ever talked to me like about my work not being amazing like yeah i need you on my team yeah, and the guy hired good. me right away i just directed his pilot for a new sitcom that we shot here we're partners now good friends i owe him a text message right now <laughs> but long story short it's the honesty it's the transparency it's just being real that yeah. people don't necessarily love but they need yeah. mm. and when they figure out you're valuable because you're going to give me the truth you want the best out of me, I need you on my team. And that's just how I roll, you know? So oh, it's tough sometimes, good. but I want to just enjoy a good movie. And I, I'll be <laughs> like, yeah, why did they do that? Yeah. Like any, so my husband um, has been in the fire service, his family, his dad was a fire chief. Is it like, that's like his first vehicle he set up in was a fire truck um, and volunteer fire department. And I can't watch anything with a fire department doing anything in a movie. That's not how you turn on the water. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. they didn't even strap the helmet on. What exactly. are these guys? Exactly. He's like, he's using the jaws of life and his shield's not down. He could get his eye poked out. You know, like, I mean, he literally like he's, you know, he watches that stuff. So I can't watch anything that has like, you know, the fire department or whatever in it because he can't enjoy it because it's not true to, you know, what, what is real and what really happens. And, yeah. and I think we, you know, we can, we can get like that when you're an artist and, and you're, good at your craft and you've studied it you know there are things that last year i met um a filmmaker named lamont ferguson outside of washington dc and he was talking about just little stuff about like picking up a styrofoam cup and and yes and i'm sure you already know what i'm talking about but i never i no. never would have noticed this before and he's like it's little stuff like the styrofoam cup when they pick it up and it's supposed to be full of a drink and they're like Foop, and they you know and they lift it and they're slinging it around and you know whatever and he's I like can't it. i cannot it's a it's the biggest yes. pet peeve it's like you're you're opening a box of supposedly food from leftovers and the way you're moving it is like dude i know there's nothing in there I, I, yes luggage how luggage. many times have you seen luggage just tossed aside? It's like, come on, come on, people. Oh, let me just help put you move. something in there. Like, it don't even got to be closed. Just put something, put a weight. Yeah. Put a, you know, put a pillow in there. You know, so, yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
So you yeah. know, yeah, you know exactly what he's talking about. You would love to see some of my first auditions where there was like one <laughs> where you, I was supposed to be like driving a car and arguing with my daughter or whatever. And I would go back and look and I'm like, I'm driving a car in my audition. I'm talking. Apparently, I don't know who drives a car like that. But like, that was my like, I'm driving a car. I'm driving a car. And so I like, I caught myself and I was like, oh, that was so, because I, I, you know, I haven't been doing auditions very long um, as yeah. far as like recordings and things like that. And I've already caught myself like almost like the first time you go on stage doing stand up and then you go back and watch it and go, oh, gosh, that yes. was horrible. I know like and I watched a movie last night. Pretty good film um, for, you know, whatever. But the woman driving the truck was doing this. And, the, and I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with it. I can't watch she, anymore. Because she, she, did a young she did a young, a young she did. I was going to say, clearly, Jones. you guys have never driven in Tulsa. Because if you do, you're hitting all the potholes. So oh. you are driving like this. So, so this is actually... a real thing here, people. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if we're filming in Tulsa, we know that that's, that's, how, you better, that's how you better do it. Tulsa, Tulsa driving. Well, let's so let's talk. Vincent and I, Michelle, we actually met yeah. through um, a program called UCAC, which yeah. is um, was uh, the creator, the the mentor, the leader of it is TC Stallings. Oh, okay. um, TC has starred in a ton of faith based films. People probably first started to recognize him in. Um, War Room was probably the biggest. War Room game. he starred in. Um, yeah. Before. Where did he play in War Room? Like, can you give me the scene on that one? Oh, he was the star of War Room. He, he was the husband. He was the, he was the husband. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So you know, Michael Michael Jr. was in that. He was a he yeah, was so, uh, TC's friend. That was my thing. Was that the one? With, was that the scene with Michael Jr. in it? And that was him. Yes. 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 Okay. Okay. So yep. all right, Michael Jr. was trying it. to trying to talk some Tell sense him. into him a little bit. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And All so right. uh, before that, though, he was in Courageous. That's what I was thinking about. In Courageous, yep. he he was, uh, if you remember when the kids like Fire. running, um, he was like one of the gang members and they were going to shoot the cop or something. And oh. the kid is uh, the, the kids like trying to run away and I think climbs up in a treehouse or something. I don't know. Watch the film because mm. it's a really good film, Courageous. But anyway, um, TC, he's got this program basically that has a curriculum about just living your life as an actor uncompromised sticking to your faith and um, and it's a great program. But on top of that, he also, we have a, a, a private Facebook group and Zoom together every Monday and he just mentors uh, actors. And so I met Vincent through there and it's funny how someone, um, which is probably why you're such a good actor, uh, someone could just jump out on screen at you, even in a Zoom conversation. And yeah. Vincent's that guy who who brings this like positivity and um, inspiration and just like he's just a guy that that you want to get to know. And so I'm excited that you're here mm -hmm. so we can get to know you yeah. a little bit better. Now, I know, Vincent, you started you were doing stand up comedy years ago. So let's let's back yeah. up to that and tell yeah. us how you got into stand up comedy and what that journey looked like at the beginning. And if you have somebody who was there for you. Yeah. It was laugh support. Let's chat about them too. Absolutely. Um, wow. My stand-up comedy career started 2010. Um, I was 25, 
And I had done all of the stage plays in Detroit. I had pretty much um, worked with all of the big writers, all the big directors, producers, and I was just their funny guy, basically. Um, mm -hmm. I was casted as the funny guy and I, I would do a show and I would be approached after that show, hey man, I got a funny guy character in my play, I need you to do my play. And after a while, I, I didn't have to audition anymore because I just kept getting cast as the funny guy. Then I'll be the old funny guy. Then I'll be the young funny guy. Mm -hmm. Then I'll be the, the homeless funny guy. And I was just always the funny guy. And um, I started doing my own productions at that time when I was like, you know, writing. I wanted to give myself the time to just learn the culture in Detroit and just to learn the stage play production world, period, and master it before I became a writer and producer. Hence 2010, I started writing and producing and I am the old funny uncle in my own play. And I mean, people are like, dude, you are hilarious. You need to try stand up. And I had a buddy of mine. Um, we met at one of the local TV stations there in Detroit. And he was like a producer or something like that. And he's like, dude, I do stand up. You are hilarious. You need to do stand up. And I was like, no, man. I'm the kind of guy where I need to be doing lines back and forth with people. I need the camaraderie. I need the crowd. You know, I need, I need a role. And he was like, you don't, you don't, you need to do stand up. And um, he stayed in my ear for about a year. And I was like, all right, man, I'll give it a shot. Where do I start? He said, I'm glad you said that. I got a stand up comedy show coming up. It's my spec It's my own special. And I want you to come out before me. I was like, all right, so that's not that much pressure. You know, um, yeah. he's going to be the star of the show. I can give it a shot and just give it a swing and see if I like it. It was about four of us on the stand-up special. And um, I came right before him, and I crushed it. Like, I had never, acting was one thing, but I had never experienced that type of response from, yeah. a, from a crowd or that type of, wow. it was like, I built that relationship. It was my, it was my jokes matched with their laughter. Mm -hmm. And it was like, we had this relationship and it was like, I got bit by the bug. And that was yes. 2010. Uh, it was a sold out show. That's awesome. And um, I, I, unfortunately, another actor that was known in the city came before me and he flopped mm. like really bad. This is my first show. Yeah. And I mean, he his his nickname was Hollywood. On the flyer, his name was Hollywood. So I'm like, how you gonna put me up after this guy? And this is my first. He was like, you're funnier. That's why. And I was mm. like, bro, I'm a rookie. You can't put me up after a big dog. The big dog got up there and flopped. He came backstage, and I was looking like, like he, he was arrogant all day. And I looked at him. I was like, you all right? And he was like, man, I don't want to laugh. Man, they tripping. So I was like, and I got up there and I did like five jokes and they was with me. And I mean, it was on the floor and I was like, I like y'all. The last guy said y'all didn't want to laugh. And they was like, oh, oh, oh no. And it just flipped out, you know? Um, I was a young comedian. It worked. And I got I got done with my set and the guy was gone. He had booked it. Mm. And the crowd was like, bro, you ended his career. I was like, I didn't end nobody's career. If if he couldn't get with y'all for whatever reason, and I felt a little bad about it, but it was a part of comedy because I'm not the kind of comedian 
that goes out there and just start picking up picking on people. I don't I don't right, want people right. to feel uncomfortable. I want you to enjoy yourself. I want you to feel like, oh, Vince Rutt, you about to give it to us. I don't want you to feel like, okay, I got a bad shirt on today. I don't want him to see me. I, that was never my thing. So, um, but yeah, I, I slipped. That slipped out that night. I got bit by the book, and today he's one of my one of my tightest buddies, Carl Crumby, out of Detroit, Michigan. Shout out to my brother. He was there. He was the one that gave me my first my first ticket, my first opportunity. He put me on multiple shows after that, wow. and then I ended up just branching out from there. That was 2010, and um, then I, I don't know if you want me to go into the accident. I got into a that was 2011. So before well, I can really, yeah, 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 we'll definitely talk mm -hmm. about that. And mm -hmm. and and as you said, you know, your your story about being on stage for the first time, it is one of those things where when you roll out. Mm -hmm. It is something that is indescribable because yeah. like you said, comedy is this back and forth. It's this relationship. And I think that's why it's so hard when we do bomb because it is personal. That's like, you feel you are being rejected, not a it's character. Not a it's yeah. not a, you are up there. One of the best things though, that I had um, a veteran comedian, my first big, show here in Bowling Green, a veteran comedian came in and right before we went on stage, we huddled up, we prayed in the green room and I will never forget the prayer because he said, because the whole time in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going out. This is my community. I'm in front of everybody. They're going to see what I'm doing. If I, 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 and the prayer right before I went up, Robert said, uh, Robert G. Lee said, you know, we thank you God that we never step on the stage alone. And he just squashed yeah. that demon, you know, he yeah. just squashed it. And he said, uh, you know, and so literally like now as a, you know, as a routine of mine before I go on, and if I can find my reflection, I look in my own eyes and I say, God, get her mm -hmm. out of the way, get her out of the way. Cause I June bug, I mess up 90% of what I do. So if we, if we don't do this right, you're going to have to take control. And I, you know, I try to get out of the way and I try to, you know, let him lead. But the reality is that you see stand up as a solo act. If you are going up there alone, Yep. But it, but that was the best lesson that I learned was Robert said, you know, thank you that we don't. And and I'm telling you that first time I went on stage like that, I literally just pictured Jesus walking every step with me. And we just went right up to that mic and, and did what we were doing. And and if he's right there with you, then he knows he knows if it's going to fly and he knows if the lady's going to go, June's dead. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> And I laughed and I ran to my truck and I and I just walked away. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think yeah. we, we get to the point to where we're so much, we're tough critics, period. Mm -hmm. So when we're, when it comes to ourselves, we're, we're three times tougher on ourselves than we are everybody else. Um, as far as creatives, as far as writers, as far as joke tellers, I'm a storyteller. I'm not really a joke writer. I've never written jokes. I, I've, I've told stories about, you know, just my life. Um, I was different. I think the one thing we all have in common is that we all have a story. The one thing we all have different is that we all have individual stories. Nobody can tell my story for me like I can. So even before my accident, when I didn't have a real tragedy to, to relate or to compare or to, you know, adapt and people couldn't relate to me because I was a church boy. I grew up 
on the pew. I was basically birthed on the front row. My father's a pastor. And it was like, how do I make fun of my experiences without making fun of the church? I didn't want to feel like I was making fun of. I don't like the whole, the fake shouting thing and the fake tongues. That's all 90s. You know, that's, that's old. Like, so I'm like, well, how do I incorporate my current church boy lifestyle mm-hmm. and make it relatable, but make it funny at the same time? You know, I, I was a virgin at the time before marriage. I was a virgin before I got married. And I talked about how hard it was being a virgin and how I, I don't want God to play a joke on me. And as soon as I get married and as soon as I'm in the room getting ready, the rapture happens. And I'm like, <laughs> I was right there. She was right there. Five minutes. Five minutes. Two. Two. Give me two. And it's like, and I cried laughing, thinking about if that would happen, how would, and I put that on stage and people were like, dude, that virgin joke you do, it it was just a part of something that some people could relate to. And it was like, I'm making fun of me without being blasphemous, you know, without speaking again, you know, the word of God, which, which was, something I really prided myself on. So when I say clean comedian, is, is there's no cussing. I don't like ragging on people. I don't like, you know, it doesn't have to be rude, obnoxious to be funny. You know, it's just, I feel like that's one of the gifts that God gave me is that I could make it realistic, whether I'm playing a thug or whether I'm playing, uh, 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 I, I don't know, a drunk guy or whatever. Whatever that issue is, I can make that realistic without going the extra mile. And that's why UCAC is so pivotal. Pivotal is so amazing to me. Because I do acting coaching, too. I mentor, too. But mm-hmm. I truly believe every mentor needs a mentor. Yeah, there are yeah. things about the industry that I just don't have an experience yet. So who yeah. better than connect with somebody that actually has been there and is there? So as I'm being taught, as I'm being trained, I got my students and they're like how do you know so much like y'all don't understand i'm still a student i'm still learning i'm still growing and as things come in you know and i'm not you know the kind of person that's like well no come to my class no tc stallings is five steps ahead of me i know if i have students that's been on my roster for two years okay no you need to go and jump on with tc now like yeah this is a different level you know now you're trying to get from a to to D, TC can handle that, not me. So mm-hmm. I think that's the, the thing I love about community. Now I got June and Michelle on my team. Mm-hmm. If I need two comedians to fly out here to Phoenix to do a show, we'll fly oh. out and do a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will. Yeah, well, I, I would drive. drive. I'm coming to Phoenix. Fly. I'm actually coming to Phoenix. Um, what? And I'm coming in January. I am. I, well, to in an area outside of Phoenix as well. I had to look and see. We'll have to talk about that later. But yeah. Michelle, we'll and listen, Michelle, I, though, talk about being a realistic thug. Tell, tell them how you can be a realistic <laughs> rapper, Michelle. I mean, she went to go grab the chain that fast. I already knew. Like, on, it was done. Uh, <laughs> well, yes, actually, I am in a rap video. So I'm glad you brought that up, Miss June. Um, but I, I'm just, I am. I'm, I'm in a rap video. It's uh, oh, called Back, Back to Church Put Sunday. Y'all. So, uh, no, no, no. Oh, it, it is real. <laughs> I dab and everything. She what? dabs. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't <laughs> say super cool rapper. I don't know what does. You know Can what I, I mean? Can I see the dab? Can I see it? Show the dab, Michelle. Show them the yeah, dab. Yeah, it's, it's on YouTube. 
and oh. it's, on, it's, oh, no. it's on my stage. But you know, I'm the coffee queen doing things with the bean that you've never seen. Okay, so um, when you said fly us out to Phoenix to do something uh, for a comedy show, you know, we're both actors too, so mm-hmm. you might want to write us in somewhere. I'm just yeah, saying, short, go. fat, round, Easy. redhead, Easy. old ginger who hates cats. And uh, then June, the, the tall, the tall, loud giant. I'm just saying. I am, right the, yeah, I am the, I am the jolly June giant. That's what I am. That's that right. song. I need that file of that song. I. Oh, we're we're gonna we'll send you. Michelle will send you um in Messenger. She'll send you that clip where she. I'm telling you, she's she's good. I was good, crying. Good. I was crying laughing on your intro. So I was back here like I hope they. I hope I'm muted. I had to make sure I was muted. I was crying. I was like. Because we chatted and you guys like, we got to play our intro song and then we'll get into the show. I did not. Yeah, y'all feel that. That. Yeah, if, Michelle if I didn't, is really short. Yes. And I didn't know she was so short. Oh, did you see the pictures? Were you able to I see the pictures? The picture. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Michelle, how tall is yeah. Seriously, how tall are you? Five foot. She's five foot tall and five I'm five, and I'm five ten and I usually wear heels. So when we're standing together, I'm about six foot tall and she's <laughs> five foot tall. And we look ridiculous and I love it. <laughs> I've never actually seen June's face. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, she is not. <laughs> I love it. It's highly inappropriate. Oh, okay, I love so it. So Vincent, all right. So so we'll transition. We'll transition um, into so you were doing the stand up comedy, and as you yeah. said, you, you were you referred to it as the accident, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. And and so you're you're doing this thing. You're writing. You're acting. You're doing comedy. And then t- tell us tell us about what happened. 2011 was an amazing year. Um, Things were really, really taking off. Actually, the, the the play that I wrote in 2010, we were gearing up for my first tour in 2011. And one of the tour dates was literally November the 18th. And my accident happened in November the 2nd. Oh. So uh, we had to cancel the whole tour. We had to cancel the whole trip. And, you know, this is not just a show. These are this is, These are jobs, you know, yes. the opportunities for actors. You know, I've got all these people on the roster and ready to go. I was engaged. Um, my wife and I, we met in August, no, uh, August 2011. August, September, October, we got engaged. The accident happened November the 2nd, and then we married in December. I mean, you're talking about love love at first sight, tragedy, and, and then a love story all back and forth in five mm. months. And um, the accident was... It was definitely exactly that. It was an accident. Um, I was giving my baby brother a battery jump on the side of the highway. And um, I had to pull out into the middle of the highway in order to face our cars on the yeah. side. He was parked on the side. So we waited the traffic cleared and I didn't put my seatbelt back on. So when I made the, the attempt to drive out to do this quick turnaround, this other pickup truck came off the exit going about 80. Yeah. And they didn't, I didn't see them and they didn't know I was doing my turn. So when I did my turn, it was the perfect timing for the, for a, a tragedy. I mean, it struck in the side of my vehicle. I have, I should have sent the video over and I'll still send it to you guys. Um, 
it shows the truck. It shows, you know, the image that I should not have made it out of. Mm-hmm. But God had, God had his plans. God knew that I would be able to endure. He knew that my body would be able to handle it. And he knew that I'll still be here 11 years later talking to you fine women about, you know, this amazing, miraculous story. Um, that accident should have been my farewell. Easy. But yeah. God turned it into my get well. And um, the moment I woke up in the hospital, the first thing I heard was the voice of the Lord said, don't panic. I'm mm-hmm. going to heal you. Don't panic. I'm going to heal you. And that was like a peace. My faith. I felt like I graduated to my faith that day. I felt mm. like God. He let me know that it wasn't a punishment, but it was my assignment. And mm-hmm. um, he told my wife, my fiance at the time in prayer, I'm going to take him places in his chair that I could not take him on his feet. And for me, Amen. that was the confirmation. It was the peace. I didn't need a prophet. I didn't need somebody to come lay right. their hands on me. Right. I didn't need people standing over me crying. You know, I'm alive. I can think mm-hmm. of myself. I'm still here. Yes. Lord, show me how to maneuver and adapt to this new temporary lifestyle that you're going to have me live in. And for me that day, from day one, it was like I had to make my mind up. I had to make the the decision. What kind of believer am I going to be? Am I going to be that guy that believes in God my whole life and and, and, and reading the word and and, and worshiping him and thanking him? And then as soon as tragedy strikes, oh, Lord, why you forsake me? Why you live? And now I'm falling out of the faith. But it drew me closer him because mm. you don't know that God is all you need until God is all you have. Mm. Yes. In those times I couldn't move. I could hardly speak. My diaphragm was weak. Yeah. I was literally paralyzed from mid chest down. The doctor told my family prepare for to take care of him the rest of his life. He's going to be a vegetable. Um and of course my little mama she's five foot one maybe oh Michelle oh she got you beat she got you beat she got you by a little bit, Jaja. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit, just a little bit. But her, she's so small in stature, but she's so big in faith. Mm-hmm. And she told the doctor, she said, "Thank you for your report, but we do not receive that." Mm. Like she didn't have to say that. She could have just been like, "Okay, thank you. Hey, family, let's rather th- no." She's a doctor. No, that's not that's not what it's going to be for for this guy. And immediately, God began to just give me, first of all, just the, the mindset of walking with him, rolling with him, you know, and saying, this is not who I am. This is just how I get around for now. I, I got a chance to speak at the Ability Expo two weeks ago. And I think the the most exciting part to talk about was that my disability, my disability did not change my identity. Yes, mm, that's good. I still love doing the same things. I still have an amazing wife. I still you know, serve God. I still love to write, act, direct, produce, sing, tap dance. I still love all of these things. Yes. And I, you know, tap dance, I might not be able to do right now, mm-hmm. but all the other stuff, yes, I could do it, you know? And it was just the fact that God gave me everything I needed here and spiritually um, to endure. And the accident was 2011. I healed. 2012, 2013, I was back on the stage, 2014. Wow. Back on the stage as a wheelchair actor. I'm, I, I, I'm still an actor. Now I'm just uh-huh. a, wheelchair, a wheelchair actor. 
do you, so is it okay to share your wife's name or some people yes, are private about this. So what is her absolutely. name? Her name is Larice Carmel Delight <laughs> Rutley. Carmel Delight. Okay. Larice Carmel Delight. for short. No. My poor husband, when they're like, what's your wife's name? He's like, uh, Junebug. <laughs> that is that is not near as fun to say. But I was, you know, what I'm hearing though is uh, which I just use Michelle's phrase because that's what Michelle always says. What I'm hearing is so you said you all met. And you can on. tap dance. I'm telling you, right now, you just put those little shoes on. You could do a little tap dance with some pencils. That's all I'm saying. Okay. That so go ahead, like Jude. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, well, so she she had just met you, right, in August. You got August. engaged in October. Wow. Yep. And then the accident happened in November. Um, yep. I, you know, I have a, I have a friend who was paralyzed in a, in a skiing accident. He and his wife were already married. And we've seen the journey that, that they've gone through. And um, that's a lot, a lot of relationships mm -hmm. don't last after because it's a, there's 2%. some 2%. Is that correct? 2% is the percentage that lasts after catastrophic injury. And this is someone who could have easily said, and what, and, and what person would have, what person would have, blamed her you know what i mean there may have been a few people close to you that loved her. you but most most people would be like well you you didn't even really know him and y'all got engaged quick and and yep. this is a whole different game changer and yep. realistically that you know she could have turned she could have walked away and i wouldn't have blamed her june I, and then here she yeah. is because when you said the ultimate love story came back around yeah man, it, yeah. What a powerful, what a blessing you have mm. in your life to have this woman, woman of God, who, Not said, make cry, who said, I love him and I'm going to stay with him because I, I've seen that journey with my friend. I've seen yeah. what she had to go through watching what he had to go through yes. and they had been married and, and had one child on the way and, and had a three-year-old, I, I believe their, their youngest or their oldest at the time was around three years old. And I saw the journey she went and man, I'm, I'm thrilled to death to talk to you today, but I, but I'm telling you, I'm in awe of the woman that God placed in your life. That's absolutely amazing. For years I said, Oh man, I would have did the same thing for you. You know, you don't love in my life. You, but this is me speaking from four, five, six, seven years of experience living with her and enjoying her and evolving with her and growing with her. And one day I went back. I really laid in bed and I really thought about it. First of all, I'm not alone. She's she's been with me through her the whole journey. I might be going through it physically, but she's she's in this thing with me. She's yes. in this thing with me. Yeah. And I laid there, Michelle and June, and I really, I had to be honest with myself. I said, would I really have been able mm -hmm. to just stop that career that I had going on and, and pause all of that to physically, mentally, emotionally, financially? This is an expensive lifestyle. Yeah. And I'm not talking about Gucci bags and Jordan shoes. I'm mm -hmm. talking about, I'm talking about supplies. I'm mm -hmm. talking about medical expenses. I'm talking about doctor visits. I'm talking about wounds, sores. I'm talking about muscle, 
de deterioration breakdown. Therapy, like this is an expensive lifestyle, very expensive. I have a wheelchair that I'm sitting in right now that costs more than all of my cars that I had before mm -hmm. I got married. Like it's like that. And I, I laid there and I said, wow, the reality is God knew that I would be able to handle being the quadriplegic more than being the aide or the serve, mm -hmm. serving husband. And God knew that she would be able to be the aide more than being the quadriplegic. It was almost like it was the it was just the perfect timing because God knew that I would need her to get yeah. through this assignment. This is this is an assignment. Yes. And I want to pass it with flying colors. I want to I want to be able to get out this chair and because I will walk again. Yeah. But I want to be able to get out of this chair and look back and say, Lord, I feel like I've I feel like I've put it all out there. I've passed every assignment you gave me. And, and we won thousands of souls on the way back to my feet mm -hmm. for your glory. It was never about me. It wasn't about me when the accident happened. It's not about me now that I'm going through it. And it's not going to be about me when I get up. I asked the Lord two months before my accident. I said, Lord, use me like you've never used me before. Now, this is somebody that's, I'm the minister of music at my church at this time. I'm playing the keyboard. I'm directing the choir, the band, the drama team. I'm doing my own productions. I'm writing, I'm producing, I'm singing. I'm doing all these crazy things. And I sat there and said, Lord, use me like you. Why did I say that? <laughs> why? 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 Yes. He, he's already using me, but my, it was my heart. It was my heart for him. It was my heart yeah. for him. And he knew that I meant that when I said that. <sighs> little children, oh, little children, be careful yeah. what you pray for. Yes. Because God is not going to just give you what you ask for, He's going to give you what you can manage. Hmm. And he knew on the flip side, this wasn't something I desired, but I can manage it. I can, I can, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, it, it's this, the book is going to be, the book is going to tell every part of the story. And that's not even written yet because the story's not over yet, but yeah, um, my wife, I can't say enough about her. I can't say enough about her. She's, the best thing. And I really don't think now that I really sit here in my adult mature mindset, I wouldn't have been able to do what she did. Mm. I, 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 this is my honest, true. I don't get no much, no transparent. It don't get clearer than this. I could not have done what she did the mm. way she did it. We were 25 and 26. Mm. And she said, I'm going to pause my life. Everything that I want to do, everything I desire, um, to to take care of you and to be here with you as long as it takes. She told me she said, God, she said this accident doesn't change who God told me you were. Mm. God yeah. told me you were my husband. God showed me you're my husband. And I didn't see this accident coming. Right. But this tragedy doesn't change who you are to me. Wow. Um, she's been she's been by my side, man. It's just and she's beautiful, y'all. I mean, just mm -hmm. I've seen gorgeous. pictures. <laughs> yes, gorgeous. It sounds she gorgeous. Deep dimples. She make me want to have dimples. I go like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fish. It's just a really awkward fishy face, Vincent. Just all, so you know, <laughs> dimples is actually the absence of fat. So I don't have any. I don't have any mm -hmm. dimples, <laughs> except no. right here. <laughs> um, no. So I, I'm, I'm just. 
I, two couple things here. One, yeah. like my husband, my husband just broke his ankle and I am the worst caretaker ever. There's no God way that we could have ever been in the situation that you guys are in ever yeah, yeah. because yeah, yeah. I'm like, get up. You know, like it's, 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 it's so bad. I'm so bad. I'm like, you need ice? Go get it. You know where the fridge is? Like, it's, this is how bad I am as a caretaker. Uh, <laughs> but, but when you, you, you were talking about your wheelchair is more expensive than some of the cars that you've ever had. And so that just, it, it caught my creative brain. Um, have you, have you written any stand up material around um, your wheelchair? You know, like, like, okay. So if, it, if it's breaking oh, down, yeah. you know, oh, you check under the hood. Like, I'm, I'm just curious, like, and, and is oh. there a video of that? There's no video. I've, I've, you know, you know, on stand-up comedy, you try your best to uh, conceal your performances so mm -hmm. that when you show up, your audience is not like, oh, he's probably going to do the one joke. It's funny. Right. Let's see if you, you know, I, no, I don't really want you to know what's under the hood you know so i try to keep i try to I, i've gotten clips out there and you know what's crazy i have not done a lot of stand-up since uh the accident the little bit of stand-up that i did i loved it it was i loved it more i loved it more from the chair than i did and from my from my from my feet because now you got you know you got these spectators that's like oh man a little dude in the wheelchair what you got to say, you know? And yes. then from the first moment I opened my mouth, it's like, oh, no, he's not up here because he, you know, because they said, they, you know, they want to give him a chance. He's not up here because they want to be, yes. you know, inclusive or, they, you know, this guy is funny. You know, this guy really got jokes. And you know, like I said, I'm a storyteller. It's all about yeah. taking the stories of things that I've been through. I got this joke about me and my wife. I can't fight with her. I can't argue with her the way I used to because she got to put me in the bed. Yes, and if I fight and argue with her, <laughs> we'll be like, "You want to leave? Leave then. I don't care." Oh snap! Um, babe, before you go, can you can you put me in the bed? My booty hurt. I've been sitting in the chair all day. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Give me give me a hug. <laughs> it's like I can't just do this arrogant man manly thing. Like she has to help me. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's. It's funny, but it's reality as well, you know, right. but we don't argue because we just figured out ways to always verbalize and always tell the truth about how we feel on a daily basis. Yeah. And the more the, it was uncomfortable in the beginning, because it was like it made you feel it made me feel a little bit more and like, you know, it's because of my accident that she feels this way, you know, but she never blamed me. She never made me feel like that. Um. It was my own individual mindset. Mm -hmm. But the more we talked, the more we vented, we call them real moments. We started having real moments every day and it allowed us to never build up and, you know, frustrations to never build mm -hmm. up. You know, I've been wanting to say this for a long time and now it's going to yeah. come out. And it's like, nah, 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 nah. It was always light because today it's just this one thing. Tomorrow it's these two things. The next day is this one thing. And it never has to end up being three or four things at the same time. It's always, let me just get it out. Now, our real moments are not even, our, not even like something about each other. Now it's like, can we have a real moment? Like, yeah, go ahead. That macaroni and cheese, that Odell house, trash. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, 
You, I thought the same thing. Now yeah. those are our, our real moments are funny like that now because we've had so many of them. Yeah, we're drained from being offended by stuff that has nothing to do with the other mate. Yes. You know, most arguments have nothing to do with you. The only reason why you're you're getting my frustration is because you're the closest person to me. And when it comes out, you're so close, you're going to hear the frustrations. You're so close, you're going to get the laughs and the hugs and the kisses, but you're going to get the tough stuff too. Yeah. So we've had so many venting sessions now, it's just like it's all out. And now it's just regular conversation. And yeah, we don't we don't fight. We don't, yeah, we don't do that. And we made up our minds, like we made up our minds early. Like we don't talk to each other like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not how we operate. Like it don't feel good to know that you're hurt. And I did that, you know? It's one thing for you to come home and say, guess what such and such did? It's like, okay, well, baby, you know, this is a different perspective. But when I did it, it's like, it, it hurts 10 times worse. I can't eat, I can't, you know, sleep. So it's like, let me make sure I don't do that again. And we, and we approach it and we do it differently. Mm-hmm. So we've grown and evolved to just be able to love one each other all day long. Well, we literally Super- learned that you can't sleep. If you hurt her, because she ain't putting you in bed. So <laughs> I got this big old pillow. I'm either gonna be sitting on the side of that bed. Yes. Or I'm not gonna no, she she'll never she'll never do nothing. No, listen, but, Michelle, I think if we did, if laugh support, if the podcast had a uh laugh supporter of the year, we would do the trophy for Vincent's wife because what an amazing yes. and powerful oh, yeah. story. You know, everybody's story she is wins. important. So we don't we haven't rewarded or given an award to anybody, but I definitely think that it is definitely one of the most powerful supportive stories that we've heard since we've been doing this podcast yeah. for two seasons yeah. and probably close to 70 guests at this yeah. point. And I told you, Michelle, that you were going to love him and he's yes. absolutely fantastic. What do you think? Yes. I, I concur. I think it's fabulous. Um, say your wife's name one more time for us, please. Larice. L- I call her L.A. Rice. L-A-R-I-C-E. L-A-R-I-C-E. And speaking of laugh support, she's she's hilarious too. Mm, but that helps. the biggest the biggest part of the support is as an actor, I want her to act, right? Because she's so good, but she's like, no, that's not my lane, it's your lane. And it's it's like I'm not gonna thrust her and push her and bother her and bug her to do something she doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. She supports everything I do from the wheelchair. She's like, Go do comedy, go do the movies, go do, go write, go produce. And it's like, that's the support as a quadriplegic. Some wives are like, oh, you know, I don't know if you got the strength to do all of that. Or are you sure? You know, you can be sitting on set for eight hours. My wife is like, let's get you a set bag. Let's create a, a package, a care kit for you on set. So when you're set all day, you got your snacks and you got your little eye drops because your eyes get ready. Like she details everything. And she's been like that from day one. Mm-hmm. I've had crazy wow. ideas. She's never said no. I've released music since from the wheelchair. I've done just, all, I did my stand-up comedy tour in the chair. And she was like, it's crazy, but let's do it. This is what you do. And her purpose has been locked in to my purpose. It's like, it's not that she doesn't do the things she loves to do. We're actually, we're actually, we're actually starting companies for her right now. Um, and it's because she deserves that. She deserves to yeah. be able to go out and do her passion projects and things she loves to do as well. But she has been the greatest support system I could have ever prayed for. I couldn't have found her 
a thousand years on my own. Mm. Wouldn't have happened. Wouldn't know how to search this world. Yeah, I'd have wore these wheels out of my chair, but I wouldn't have found it. Mm. Well, speaking mm -hmm. of your music, I was listening yeah. uh, before you came on. I was listening to uh, the song that you have on your website. And Michelle, if you don't mind to scroll across the bottom of the screen, um, the way that people can find Vincent. But on your website, you have a song called Miracle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, right. I, I can tell you that I've listened to about half of it because uh I am in that, like losing my mom a few months ago. I'm in that, like, well, I'm fine unless I hear a good song and then I'm not okay. <laughs> so I press pause about halfway through, uh, but I can't wait to listen to, I was like, oh, I can't be crying when we interview on the Laugh Support Podcast, but it's a beautiful song. Um, and everything that you do, you definitely do with excellence. Um, and and it's really exciting to see the directions that God's taking you. We definitely want you guys to check out our friend Vincent at his website. It's Vincent Rutley and it's R-U-T-L-E-Y dot Jim com. That's Vincent Rutley dot Jim com. And then you can also catch him on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's Vincent Rutley on all of those platforms, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And I know you've got upcoming projects. Um, yeah. There's so many things that you have on the horizon. Can you tell us about maybe one one thing that you got coming up in the near future that they should be watching, following, and checking you out? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've auditioned for some really, really, really big stuff lately. Um, I'm signed with Layton Agency here in Phoenix, and I'm also signed with KMR out of LA. KMR is amazing. Late, they're both amazing, and they both cater to disability um, uh, actors. And the branch that I'm signed to at KMR. They book only disabled actors. I'm talking about that's, wow. that's what they sign. Yeah. Uh, been with them for a year and um, shoot lately, uh, just been doing a lot of uh, projects. I've directed and acted in um, a TV series pilot that we're going to be um, sending it, submitting over to Hollywood within the next couple of months here. It's called Beans. And so it's about a coffee shop. And it's almost like Cheers meets Friends, but okay. it's not a sitcom, but it's a TV series. You know, so it doesn't have the laugh tracks and things like that. It's live. It's, you know, it's on location. Um, that was a great, great project. So we're working on that one. Um, I just got pulled in to produce, uh, co-produce a, a cowboy movie, actually. It's called, well, yeehaw, y'all. Come on yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> I, hear, I hear that. I hear that twang, that country twang. I have to get you. Going to have to get my friends June and Michelle. In Cowboys, oh, I, um, I used to ride all the time. So really, but they not had, Western. They, I, I was an English English girl. They had a little horse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's your pony. Ponies, ponies, just FYI, are the most honorary things that you can get on the back of. I'm just, they're worse than mules. I'm just going to put that out there. Ponies oh. are horrible little things. No, I used to, I used to do hunters and jumpers and I, I used to groom and I, I worked for an Olympic horse rider for a while or Olympic equestrian, I should say. Um, nice. Yeah, I grew up riding horses. I haven't been on one in quite some time though. But nice. yeah, so yeah, we can I, do I, it. I'd love a good pair of boots. 
I agree with you because my first experience with a horse was a miniature pony and I was seven years old and they put me on this miniature pony and it took off and I was holding on to the rope and it was just dragging me around the dirt. I wasn't caught in the rope. I was just hanging on and I remember hearing everybody go, let go, June bug, let go. And I got up and there was like mud in my teeth. (laughs) Yeah, it was awful. I was, yeah, I did did real good, real good, (laughs) y'all. I've ridden horses since then. I got over my fear when I was older and got on real size horses. And my first experience was not good for me, but hilarious for my family. They, yeah. I hope you was able to get get past the situation because that that can be scarring. Oh, it was. Yeah, I had a little. I had issues for a while. I did. I had issues. For well, a little while. For, okay, for a long while. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank Again, you. friends, we want to remind you to check out all of Vincent's um, social media pages and nice. also check him out on his uh, his website, vincentrutley.jimdufree.com. Michelle's going to kick you to backstage, eat some snacks, whatever you need to do, but hang out for just one moment so we can properly say goodbye to you, Vincent. Thank All you so right. much. All right. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate you. Awesome. All right, Van Dusen. Whew. Wow. You little bucking Bronco. You just, you just beat on the back of a pony and the, I could just see your feet just dragging oh, along. Oh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> what was just it was like, my whole family was there. The entire family. I don't, it was my dad's friend had a miniature pony farm and like my cousins came. Everybody was there mm-hmm. to witness my um, fantastic equestrian skills. So it is oh, equestrian, man. right? Is that the word? I don't know. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've had a horse, uh, while I'm on it, go down and then start to roll, you know, so you have to get off. Like, you know, when they bring you down to the ground, you just got to jump off at that point. Yeah. Crazy stuff right in the mud. Instead of just, oh, mm, so much, so much stuff. Oh, horses. Oh, horses. Bunch of horses. All right. Listen. <laughs> oh, you know, well, since, since we're talking about horses and I'm just putting this up there, my sister she yes. works at a horse <gasps> barn, but it's one of the therapy barns. So yes. she has, um, you know, she teaches there. And so kids come and, and well, and adults, oh, she, awesome. she's got different lessons for different groups. Yeah. So she does therapy horses. And also my niece who's in Texas, she also does therapy horses. And uh, my sister does it in the Chicago area. And my niece does it in the Texas area. That's Just super awesome. Your sister, Trisha, right? That's Trisha, correct. Have we mentioned Trisha this episode? I'm so sorry if we missed that. Yeah. Trisha, we love you. We love you, Trisha. All right. So that's it for this episode of the Laugh Support Pos- Podcast. As I Pod- always say, Jesus and Junebug loves you. And Michelle, tell them goodbye. I'm going to say goodbye. Thanks for listening. And make sure you check out our next episode also. Bye.